social bookwriting expert and author, and I help women to overcome the fear of writing and publishing their books. And I'm so excited to have Karin Anderson Hagelin from Switzerland with me. She is a certified grief recovery specialist and EFT tapping practitioner. Her journey started in hotel management in Switzerland and Sweden via investment banking in Zurich to running her own company. After losing her daughter to a genetic disease, Karin has chosen to make it her profession to help individuals from all over the world heal their grief and let go of all the emotional issues that keep them from living their true purpose. Her talent in supporting individuals regain their emotional balance has been recognized by a number of international organizations and the corporate world, where she is frequently invited to give talks and workshops. Welcome to the show, dear Karin. Thank you so much, Esther. Thank you for having me. So, Karin, let's start with the first question. What has been your turning moment in life? Well, as you heard in the bio, in the introduction, the journey that I'm on today obviously started with my first daughter's illness and caring for her. I was her pre, you know, I was her caretaker uh, during the illness and she was here for eight months. So it was quite a considerable time. And it was after that when my whole view of life changed, of course. So that is obviously the biggest turning point you can you can have <laughs> in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like there, there must be a purpose to why. Well, not a purpose, but I have to do something important with this and not just sit behind the desk, <laughs> so to speak. Did yeah. you ask your question back then? Why me? Why did it happen to me? I actually did not. I think okay. both of us, both me and my husband, we we were so, I've never practiced mindfulness ever, but we were so mindful during this time. And we were so okay from the start that this was her journey. And that was the journey we would take with her. Um, and we never asked ourselves that question. It was just like she chose to come and, and pick those genes. <laughs> um, and we just have to give her the most awesome time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so we, I, 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 me personally, I never went down that road because it was just so pointless. Because it is a terminal genetic disease. There are no cures, um, even though they're working on prolonged prolonging life you know they have done a lot of research by now but in a way it was super sad that that was the case but in a way that also made us relax and like okay this is it we there's no way we can chase or fundraise or fly around the whole globe to fix it so we just stayed very present and made each moment matter and then you have more kids yes. right yes yeah, yeah yeah we have two healthy siblings we have a daughter and a son mm -hmm. um so yes so that occupied a lot of my time back in the day which also belongs to the turning point like 
when my children then were one and three years old, I, I said, is this the lifestyle we want to me running to corporate working 100% and put the kids in, in daycare? Uh, and we're all exhausted by the end of the day. And because we could, I know it's not everyone's option to have, but we could decide that I stay home. Uh, so that's also, you know, belongs to the big turning point because it made me think about what I would like to do for the rest of my life. <laughs> Being supportive of my family and also use the knowledge I gained from my first daughter. Mm. And how did it come? Did you hear yeah, a calling? Karin, you need to go for this <laughs> coaching no it was how, actually how was it? it's actually a funny story because <laughs> my mom was visiting in Zurich and in 2001 just after 9-11 my dad passed away to cancer and I for some reason I was you know this is old school 2003 in Stockholm I was reading this like 20 Minuten or like this metro magazine uh on the on the tube and there was a big ad saying are you experiencing grief because I was I, I thought I was in a burnout but it was actually grief that I was feeling so I cut out the coupon from this newspaper because there was no like you know that was what you did and I bought this book called the grief recovery handbook and then I started reading it it was way too overwhelming so I put it back in the in the shelf <laughs> fast forward a couple of years <laughs> and another loss and my mom was visiting Zurich and I was like getting a bit sort of agitated like but what am I supposed to do then I don't get it and my mom just pointed to the bookshelf and like don't they offer courses and she pointed at the grief recovery handbook <laughs> and I'm like oh good point <laughs> so so I took the book down I went online because we're now in you know 2011-12 and lo and behold they have courses that they offer is to become a grief recovery specialist so that you could help other people. Uh, so that's when I decided to, to fly up to Stockholm to do the course. Oh, yeah. Your mother <laughs> knew it. Before. Well, yeah, I mean, she just pointed to it and I was like, oh yeah, good point. Because <laughs> I didn't want to waste time and like study psychology for five years or, you know, do a big hoo-ha about it. And I was like, how can I, as quickly as possible start helping people and not just for the specific loss that we have had but for anyone that needs to talk to someone because also being an expat back then not speaking German back then mm -hmm. I was very much left to my own devices I mean this was also you know pre-Facebook or any any social media kind of groups where you could reach out so I was very much alone and like there was not a lot of resources back then to reach out. So I was like, oh, this can't be, this can't be the way you're supposed to, to get support when you grieve. Mm. Mm. So you've been doing this for such a long time mm -hmm. already. Yeah. Mm. 10 years this year. From 12 to 22. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have a little jubilee in the, at the end of <laughs> September. <laughs> and you've helped so many people already. This is beautiful, Karin. Mm -hmm. Thank you.
what is the question that people are asking themselves when they're grieving and what kind of questions are good to ask and yeah. what questions are not good to ask i mean in my experience a lot of people first of all are asking themselves like you know of course it's why did this happen to me or to the person i've lost or there are so many different losses right it's not just death but you know divorce or loss of a job or loss of health um um even like when you when your kids move out or your your like your work identity changes can be anything so it's you know why did this happen to me and then i don't know where i think in society we hear oh you'll get over it or get past it or it will get back to normal and in my case that's where a lot of people get stuck because it will never get back to normal like before because you're this experience richer how do we now integrate what you've been through and make you as wholehearted as possible instead of saying oh just do this and then you'll be past it or over it or getting back to normal because that loss will forever have shaped you in some way and that's the gold to to treasure that and like who do i want to become because this happened to me instead of my life is over because this happened to me mm. there's so much uh, light and uh, yeah light in it when you say it mm. a loss when i hear loss loss is so hard is so deep is so yeah you get stuck but when you're saying um you integrate it mm -hmm. it's like like a new light isn't it? it it is i mean and also it puts people sort of out of misery because they do no longer have to chase this back to before feeling because that will never happen but rather okay this happened it's absolutely terrible but how will i mine this experience and make myself stronger for it and and also give yourself the space to to work it through and like look at all the aspects and you know name all the emotions because there's a lot of contradiction you know in the language and you know some some part of us might be relieved some part is super sad, some part is angry, uh, some part feels resentment, but we have to sort of unpack and make all of these voices heard and that's okay. And then like, how do we now build that new you together? Hmm. And how do you build this new you? Where do you start? I think the first, thing I do is obviously to help them unpack what happened and where they feel like they got stuck uh, because we all have those like little almost like mini traumas like for us it was like the day we got the diagnosis uh, that was the biggest shock but before that just a notion that the pediatrician felt that there was something wrong so that was also a little shock and then the whole drama with her illness and then the the actual passing was 
not as shockingly hard as receiving the diagnosis, for example. Um, and that can be the case for for a lot of people. Like you, you get this little mini trauma because someone told you that you you're no longer adequate to do this job, or you know, and then you, you get sort of stuck in that. And like just because this happened to me, I'm useless, or you see, you can never keep a job, or like all these old uh, stories from way back when starts um getting activated so i always go to those little places like you know where do we need to unpack that and make make all of these um stories heard and that's also why i started adding the eft tapping to the whole process because then you can work through the layers a lot quicker um and the whole nervous system relaxes and they can then it's almost like you you take the traumatic event and sort of transform it into a memory but without having to invoke the whole physical uh shock in in the body like the 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 beating heart or the sweaty palms or the you know the panic the the stiffness or whatever uh, so that's why I added the EFT tapping. It's almost like having an extra emotional first aid tool at hand when we look at the, the grief stories. So then we can sort of dissolve all of that. For somebody um, who doesn't know the EFT tapping, mm -hmm. um, how, can you just explain yeah. shortly which parts of the body use for example mm -hmm. for grief or so yeah i mean i i realized when i was doing the grief recovery method with people like you deep dive a bit i mean you do a whole timeline with everything that you've been through in life um uh, you know from you know whatever happened in school or you lost your first grandparent or a, a beloved pet or you may might, might have lost your teddy bear on a train somewhere <laughs> you know whatever it is mm -hmm. and you sort of line every single little Thing up on the timeline and that's when I felt like oh I'm, I'm activating a lot of stress here in people and it would be awfully nice to have a tool to to help them move through that so they don't have to leave each session with some sort of uh, resonance or like some some leftover yuck afterwards and that's when EFT tapping came into my life. That's another bizarre story. But basically what it is, is it's acupressure. So we use acupressure points like in the Chinese medicine. We use the tapping points around the face, the collarbone, top of head, because they're easy to reach. We have those points all over our bodies. Um, but these ones are just super efficient to reach. And basically what you do is you tap those points while speaking. So it's married, you know, it's acupressure married with therapy, counseling, coaching. So you, you activate, you know, the, the words. And what then seems to be happening, they've done research both with MRI scans of the brain and blood um, tests for, for cortisol, the stress hormone. And when you tap, First of all, the brain relaxes and it fires in different new ways and the cortisol in the blood reduces by over 40% in, in average. 
So it's almost like what I, what I, when I try to explain that, it's like when you have to deal with something traumatic, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be like, you know, the plane starts shaking a bit when you're in midair or mm-hmm. you're in a lift somewhere in Switzerland and the wind is really strong or whatever, or mm-hmm. you're driving a really curvy, scary road or whatever. Um, you can then start tapping to, to help yourself calm down. So it's basically instead of just lying there in a wild ocean being dragged underneath the waves, you're putting on your life vest. Mm-hmm. So the tapping is the life vest. Everything else stays the same, right? But it's just that you take care of your nervous system while in in whatever you're in. And when I when I tap with people, what I the feedback I hear the most is, oh, it's almost like coming out of a meditation, or it's like the the issue has moved way, way further back, or it's not so present anymore, or I can actually start looking at it differently, or it's really it's I I'm I'm very you know practical and I I want things to work and and fairly fast mm-hmm. uh, so I really want to give as much tools as I possibly can for people to because they I, I want to enable them to deal with whatever is happening also when we are done coaching mm-hmm. you know beautiful Kari. And what kind of sentences do you use while tapping mm, regarding grief? Well, exactly. I mean, that's, that is, I think, the core where people get stuck a bit when I say that I use tapping because they're like, oh, but you know exactly what to say. And I'm like, yeah, I've been doing it for 10 years. Of course, I sort of know what to say. But if you have never done it before, And there are tons of PDFs and videos. I have a blog post on my website about it. I think the thing to remember is just just learn the tapping points and then just add the negative self-talk voice that you already have in your head. Basically, I can't do this. I'm crap at this. And, you know, I can never succeed. I mean, all of that negative, because that's where we start in tapping we always address the negative first and then I say because I want it to be hands-on for people when it starts feeling a bit silly and ridiculous what you're saying (laughs) either in your head or out loud like I can't do this I can't do this I'm absolutely crap when it starts to sound a bit sort of come on this is a bit stupid now then you can turn it around and like but what if I ask that person for help or I actually have that resource at hand or because what happens in the brain when it's stressed, it locks, it basically cuts off and the the prefrontal cortex, which is the front part of the brain, which is where you have your language and your skills and your problem solving abilities. Um, And when that goes offline, you won't get to the solutions. But the minute you start tapping the firewall uh, is rising up and you can get access to the prefrontal cortex again and all of a sudden you realize that you actually have a lot of resources in your toolbox mm-hmm. um, so that's where I want to get my clients to like huh I could do this or I could ask that person or maybe I don't have to stress about this at all um, so that's that's really amazing when when you see that happening and you I read obviously also the body language and you see shoulders dropping and faces relaxing and you just see like this deep breath going in or it's it's 
very useful. Amazing. Mm -hmm. And Corinne, there are people they have grief about death mm -hmm. during years and years mm -hmm. and years, and some are get over it more easier. What's the difference? Yeah, I think that's in the grief recovery method, which is the method I'm certified in. Uh, they talk about myths. And one of the myths is, you know, time heal all wounds. And sure enough, there is a component of time that makes it dull a bit over time. Uh, but it's actually the actions you take that are far more important than letting the time pass by. Because if something happened 30 years ago and now something similar happens, it's almost like you're getting double whammied because you're now having to deal with the, the grief 30 years back that never was resolved. And now plus the new grief. So you think it's gone away until it gets triggered for some reason. Uh, and the, by far easiest again, without getting a coat or anything, just talk to friends, talk, tell your story over and over again. And, you know, if you're the friend of someone who experienced loss, be the one who dares to listen. I have a blog post about that too. Like, what do you say? What don't you say? How can you be helpful? What is not so helpful? So there's plenty of resources and that's by far the most important to feel seen and heard and validated and be okay with all the emotions and just realize that they are emotions. They can't come and scare you. They're not monsters. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's the thing. And when you say, I mean, some people can deal with it better than others. I think it's, first of all, upbringing. How, how were you taught as a child? Mm -hmm. Did we speak about grief at home or were we told to just not talk about it or they wanted to spare us from the disastrous stuff so they didn't tell us i have clients who said oh they they told me years later about what really happened or you know if mm. if a pet has passed away or or a grandparent passed away it could take days for them to even get the information because that's just not something we talk about and then you have families where it's totally fine and accepted. And of course, that person is going to be more resilient later on. And it's about building a toolbox for each mm. individual. So when I lost my dad, I had, I had tools, but there were not so many and so shiny. So I went into a two-year burnout, basically, and felt absolute crap. Not fun at all. But when I then lost my daughter, I had way more resources. It might sound super weird, but I had already had an experience that was super painful. So I knew what I needed to do before my daughter left in order to not regret or have a bad conscience that I wasn't present or whatever. So I understood better how to, how to be around grief. And what do you recommend, Karin, when we adults have grief and we are around children? Mm. How, how shall we deal with that? First of all, children read your state. Mm. There's just no question about that. 
And if you don't tell them what's going on in age-appropriate language, obviously, they will read into it and make up their own stories. So it's by far better to just take a deep breath and just tell you don't have to go into gory details or too much information, but you can just say, I'm sad because this happened. And it's okay to be sad. I can be sad. You can be sad. I'm here for you and you're here for me. You know, have a dialogue about it uh, in the way you would talk to that child uh, and be okay with, you know, kids can take tears. It's not scary. I think it's by far more scary to feel that something is wrong, but not be told what it is. So they have to go and sort of solve the puzzle without having the whole box of puzzle pieces at hand or even the picture of what it's supposed to look like. Um, and that's what kids do. And that's why we hear so often like, yeah, it was my fault that my parents divorced or it was my fault that this happened because no one told them exactly what was going on. So they made their own stories up just to piece together what they were seeing and feeling. So I think, you know, use the language you, you would use with a child. And that's obviously, like I said before, age appropriate. And maybe there are children's books about it that you can read or, you know, it's not scary. It's a part of life and we become so scared of it as this Western society that we are, you know. But it's not scary. It doesn't have to be. It's sad, but it doesn't have to be scary. So where can people reach you? By far easiest on my website, which is karinhagelin.ch or .com. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm also on Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram. So it's easy to find me. And I have a lot of resources there in my blog anyway. And I always offer a first you know, discovery session for free anyway, so that you can see if I can be of support at all. Or if you have any questions, I'm happy to answer questions. That's, don't be shy. Great, thank you. To close this interview, what are your three truths you would like to give our audience? I guess the better you know yourself and your emotional language uh, the better prepared you are um, the better of a role model and teacher you are to your children your families your employees whatever um, to be present and do the stuff you want to do now so you don't regret later what you didn't do or didn't say and do more of what you love i guess and that doesn't have to be i'm going to quit my corporate job but add more juice wherever you can lovely wonderful thank you, thank you so much